I read comics, show number 74. I know this is probably heresy. I didn't like Batman Begins that much. Oh my God, they're coming to stone me. I really didn't. Maybe it was because I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on a DVD. And I just didn't like it that much. Especially the whole first part with him in Tibet or whatever the hell that was about. I just couldn't get into it. So that is all by way of saying I didn't see the new Batman movie. Logan did. And he saw it twice, as a matter of fact, and he reviewed it with a friend of his. So what you will hear now is Logan's review of Batman and not my review of Batman. I suppose I'll get around to seeing it eventually, but I got to say it was just not at the top of my list to to see. And frankly, I was riding so high from the Marvel movies, from Iron Man and Hulk, that I kind of didn't want to harsh my mellow by seeing something that I thought I probably wouldn't end up liking that much. You know, I'll probably see it and I'll probably love it and all the rest of it. But right now, I'm I'm content to let my lovely and talented co-host do it. So without further ado, here is Logan's review of Batman. <laughs> So uh, we are here with our Batman The Dark Knight review. I'm here with my, this is Logan, and I'm here with my friend Eric. Hi there, how are you guys doing? And uh, we are very excited to give you guys a review of the movie. Uh, There's no Lena today. Lena is off doing other busy, exciting things. So uh, she asked me to do a review since we're getting on in time after the release of the movie, and we wanted to hit it soon. Um... Eric and I have actually seen the movie twice. We saw it on opening night last week, and then today we just got done seeing it for the second time on IMAX. Um, We just want to say up front right now, we aren't going to hold back on anything, so if you don't want spoilers, turn it off now, go see the movie, and then come back and listen. Uh, So with that, we're going to get started and talk about how freaking awesome this movie was. It was pretty freaking awesome, i got to say. Yeah, I mean, it was enough for us to want to go see it a second time. And it held up the second time, too. I absolutely agree. I saw things that I didn't catch the first time. Mm, Definitely. And uh, things made more sense. Certain um, interpersonal, psychological relationships Mm. made a lot more sense. It's amazing for how long the movie is, uh, how quickly paced it is. Yeah, and it's just a ton of stuff in there. You know, it's funny. So, um, my friends who were asking me what I thought of it last Friday, 
uh, who were going to see it over the weekend, I said, well, you know, it's funny. The first hour is all these disconnected pieces. But they're quick. And so you start to wonder, how is this all coming together? And then all of a sudden, in about an hour, they all just come together and you're just thrown back into your seat and you can't, like, blink even because <laughs> you're afraid you're going to miss something. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, that's, I feel like, right around that point is when the, the action really starts to coalesce and get amazing. So what do you think? IMAX, worth it? Or not? Totally worth it. Um, the very first scene that they showed... Uh, one of the so several s- scenes in the movie were filmed in IMAX. Right, that's the large format the large film, format. and yeah, yeah. And the first scene they did it was just a city panning, uh, cityscape pan, mm-hmm. and and I actually turned to our other friend who was sitting there watching with us sitting next to me, and I said, "Wow, pretty." <laughs> of course, blind. you know, I actually didn't notice it until they cut because the very first scene is IMAX. That's and right. I didn't notice it until they cut to. Right normal yeah. film format just projected up on the IMAX screen, mm-hmm. and then I re- like really noticed the difference. Yeah. Like it's I thought a little it would... grainier. The jitter. There's, a, yeah. there's something about like panning motions mm-hmm. and like fast movement that on a screen that large. Especially, I'm glad we sat a little bit further back yeah. because it was definitely noticeable how much more frantic and right. Uh, it just didn't track well. It's, it's as funny. Well as I was in line to get a new iPhone today, and uh, the the woman who helped me when I finally got two and a half hours later got up to buy my phone. I told her where I was headed next, and she said, "Oh, I saw it on the IMAX. Totally worth it." But I sat in row five. Try and sit at least ten rows back. And so when we got into the theater today to get seats, um, we were not early in the line for the IMAX, and and so we had a choice of either like row five or six dead center or row what were we. Love like 12, 20 or something. 15, yeah, way back there, Maybe off 15. to the side. And I'm really glad we chose off to the side yeah. way back. It still looked great. Yeah, and it would have been way too much that close. Yeah. By the way, if anyone wants to look for what what the IMAX scenes are, if you can't tell right away, the IMAX scenes are projected to the whole height of the screen. That's right. And uh, the normal format film is kind of the wide That's screen, the wide that, screen you, yeah. that you'd probably recognize from a normal screen. Yeah. It was... Cool. I liked that um, it was almost always the cityscape stuff mm-hmm. that was done in the, the IMAX. Yeah. And um, I thought, I don't think any of the... No, there were a few action se- sequences that were done in the IMAX as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was totally <laughs> worth it. It was beautiful. Um, I just kept thinking of how... <clears throat> I, I don't know that the scenes make the movie. I certainly enjoyed it last week, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I did enjoy the IMAX experience... Um, from the, the sound perspective, because I think the theater we were in last week didn't even have TH, THX, it was just right. maybe stereo. It was the Sundance Kabuki theaters, which are really nice they're in nice, other ways. They're nice, pretty to sit in, but they're not necessarily the most visually and auditory, like... The like, sumptuous feast, yeah, as Brendan would yeah. say. Uh, so, I, I actually loved that there were certain points where, whether it was the Batmobile or... Batman's growly voice that like shook the theater. Yeah, you know, bones breaking. Bones (laughs) breaking. I mean, so for me, that really made it. um, I just, I feel like I saw Superman twice as well. Superman Returns, and I saw one in the 3D. No, I saw 3D IMAX twice, and then I saw it in a regular. I guess I really liked that movie, or maybe I just really liked Brandon Ruth as Superman. Um, But it was totally the IMAX that made that movie fantastic. And there were 3D sequences Mm -hmm. in the Superman. But I feel like in this movie, it's kind of the same thing for me. Mm -hmm. That the the IMAX really just, even if it wasn't 
all the way to the, the IMAX scenes, all the way to the, the height, full height. It was, it was just the, the sound experience and the visual experience of just having everything so huge. Yeah. Uh, really, it was, took it to a new level from the first time we saw yeah. it last week. It's interesting to think about whether they'll ever film whole movies in IMAX. Yeah. I know the film itself is a lot more expensive, so are the cameras. The cameras are also a lot larger, yeah. which might restrict the kinds of shots that they do with this. But, uh, yeah, maybe you know someday it'll all be digital or something, and right. you know, all in tiny cameras, and they can just do everything in IMAX. That'll be cool. I mean, I think the IMAX 3D stuff that I've seen so far has been cool, and the, the reason Superman only had 20 minutes or so was just cost. Mm. Right, and uh, what should we call it? That horrible, horrible movie that was all 3D. Um, Beowulf, um, (laughs) you know, the the cost was astronomical. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we'll ever get to the point where it's all IMAX 3D all the time, but we'll see. I I think your your suggestion is probably a lot closer to the being true soon, which is the whole movie in full IMAX. Yeah, be pretty amazing. Yeah, we've been geeking out on little details, so let's get to the <laughs> so, actual story. So yeah. the story, um, wow, like, it's kind of interesting that Batman Begins didn't start, like, didn't have Batman's true arch nemesis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's cool that he didn't, they didn't, like, they gave him... Save that for later. Right. They gave him another reason to, to become Batman, but then, it, I mean, really in this movie, the Joker... And the, the Joker-Batman dichotomy is amazing. Mm-hmm. So yes. we start off, and the, the basic premise here is that uh, the the mob is on the run, mm-hmm. crime is down, we've got this new district attorney, Harvey Dent, who's totally saving Go- Gotham in the, in the right way, in the non-vigilante way, and Batman's cleaning up at night. And uh, essentially... The Joker comes in. We don't know where, from, or why. He just appears on the scene. And he essentially tries to rally the mob and, you know, counter Batman mm-hmm. for no real reason. It's not money. He ends up burning a mm-hmm. stack of bajillion dollars for yes. no reason. His half right? of all of the money. <laughs> His half of all of the money. He's he's just... I think the, the best line is when he's talking to Batman. Uh, was it in the cell? Mm-hmm. And and he's like, I would never kill you. You complete me. Yes. Pulling from that Jerry Maguire moment. <laughs> Brilliant little piece of writing and acting. But the way that that story gets played out through the whole, uh, the whole movie, mm-hmm. that the Joker needs Batman as much as Batman needs the Joker. Yes. Like, if, if the Joker and his kind were to disappear, what would Batman become? Like, mm-hmm. a silent watchman in the Batcave... Just kind of doing nothing, right? Yeah. Another way of looking at it is, you know, the Joker puts it as an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object, and you get this uh, city, kind of uh, Gotham itself, as this kind of uh, representation of all of us, society at Mm -hmm. large, and society swinging in one direction so far, the crime getting so bad that, like, we know the origin of Batman, you know, like, he was a response to all of that. Yeah. one man taking it all on into himself. We don't know the origin of the Joker yet, but he's the opposite thing. The pure opposite thing. Just well, he's a response to Batman, right? Yes. Just like the craziness on the other side, he just becomes the psychopath who, for no reason, uh, just wants disorder to Batman's order. Yeah. 
he's he's pure chaos and and that's we were talking a little bit on on the way out about it was kind of weird that they didn't do they give us any background on who the joker is mm-hmm. what is true identity is, where he comes from, what his motivation is. And I almost think um, that that's a, a great metaphor for the fact that he has no motivation except yeah. to just be the opposite. Yes. Right? To, to be chaos, to, to order. And and it's great. Like, And they set this thing up how um, the mob tells uh, Maroney, the mob man tells Batman, and, and so does the Joker, like, you have rules. Mm-hmm. We don't. Or Joker doesn't. The Joker doesn't. And know. and it, in the end, or in the middle of the movie, we actually see Batman like run on the bat bike, which we'll get to in a second. Which is fucking awesome! <laughs> um, like r- riding straight toward the Joker, and the Joker's like, "That's it, hit me, hit me." He right. wanted to bring yeah. Batman down. He almost right? gets killed by Two Face too. That's right. Yeah, he's really willing to just live at that edge or yeah. die at that edge. Yeah, he won't. He won't sacrifice that last rule, which is to not kill. Yes. Uh, without well, yeah, it's just to not kill, right? Mm-hmm. And and the Joker just pushes Batman's buttons constantly. He Batman still doesn't do it. And big spoiler: the biggest button he pushes of all mm-hmm. is he is Rachel Rachel Dawes brought to life by um, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal this time. Much better, yeah, you know, anyway. much better. Oh my god, totally resurrects the role from the the death knell <laughs> that like Katie Katie Holmes was putting on it. Um, yeah, she dies. Mm-hmm. And I love that that was the origin of Harvey Dent, right? Like, yeah. that, in a way, I wasn't sure how they were going to bring her, uh, Two-Face, sorry, that was the origin of Two-Face from Harvey Dent. Um, the Joker basically has captured both Har- Harvey and Rachel and has mm-hmm. put them in these warehouses full of explosives. And he tells Batman their locations. And, and he obviously, and he has to choose one or the other. Right. Obviously, he's going to choose Rachel. Right. And the Joker knew that. Right. And the Joker, we thought, was just toying with Batman all the time. And so Batman saves Harvey, and he's, you know, no, and Harvey's pissed off too when Batman shows up. But it wasn't ever, I just realized tonight, mm-hmm. wasn't ever to piss off Batman. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was a nice... It was a nice... A nice uh, secondary, yeah. yeah. But it was to, to fuck with Harvey. Mm-hmm. To right? create... To create Two-Face. Two-Face. Yes. He to wanted the to best bring, example. The thing that would have... Let Batman set down yeah. his cowl, his mantle, and and really turn over this fight to uh, to Harvey Dent. You know, like the above ground, the White Knight, yeah. not the Dark Knight, right? Um, and to have that be the new direction for good in Gotham, he destroys that. It's completely. interesting. It's almost as if the Joker, like when he says, "You complete me," I, you know, I'll never kill you. Mm-hmm. I, I just was just now thinking when you said that, that it's almost as if he not only wanted to bring down the White Knight, or Harvey Dent, mm-hmm. just to, you know, breed more chaos, but also to keep Batman in play, mm-hmm. right? If, if Harvey Dent had continued on and more had risen up in his his uh, wake, I think that Batman wouldn't have been able to stop doing what he did, and the Joker wouldn't have had his, his, right. his uh, counterpart. Yeah. So, so here we have... Joker having been created by Batman right. by his own admission and coming full circle, Joker making sure that Batman continues to exist. He creates yeah. him too for the rest of that movie and for whatever comes next. Yeah. So the <clears throat> the, the title I thought was worked in nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, 
White Knight, Dark Knight. The, the White Knight, Dark Knight. They kept calling Harvey Dent the White Knight, the mm-hmm. shining armor, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the very end, um, Harvey Dent goes crazy. And he's going to kill Commissioner Gordon and or his kids and wife. It's not clear. And he's flipping his coin. He's gone insane. And he's using his coin to, to decide people's fate now. And, um, and Batman saves the day, of course. And he tells Gordon, Gordon says everything that Harvey Dent has done is going to be undone now because now that he's proven to be crazy, everyone he's ever put away will appeal. And, and I don't really understand that so much, but I'll just take it at face value. Right. Um, and Batman says, which Alfred actually instilled into him, right? But Batman says, the world can never know. Mm-hmm. He needs to be the White Knight so that more people come yeah. up and do the thing he did, take on his, his mantle. Yeah. And I can be, you know, this this rogue. I'm the one that did all these horrible things. Pin right. it on me. And so then Gordon's doing this narration and, you know, says he's a silent protector, a dark knight. Yeah. He's not a hero. He's a dark knight. It's a, it's a very, very complicated moral yeah. to take from the story. Because I was thinking about this on the second viewing, and, you know, they're saying over and over, Alfred and uh, Bruce Wayne, that he can't be the hero. He needs to do this other thing. He needs to protect by not being the hero, or mm-hmm. being in the eyes of the people. He just needs evil. to do whatever needs to be done. Yeah. But in doing that, they're actually redefining what a hero is. Yeah. They're really questioning what is right. Alfred Alf yeah. had says in that one point, like Batman's role is not to do what the hero does, but to do the right thing. Yeah. So what is a hero then mm-hmm. if the, if he's not the person who does the right thing? And it's, it's, yeah, it's very complicated. The, this idea of like, sometimes you have to withhold knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, lie to do the right thing. Um, Batman has his one rule. Um, but that's, you know, that, yeah, but, that's but now there's he's, a lot of other things he's willing but to But now do. he's letting the people believe he doesn't even have that rule. Right. Right? Like, right. saying he killed five people, including two cops, he's mm-hmm. he still has that rule, he knows it, mm-hmm. but he's letting the world believe that he doesn't. Right. So, that, so totally taking off of, on, uh, off of this conversation, I actually read something um, the other day, which is somebody, some critic... Uh, argued that this is Chris Nolan's way of glorifying George W. Bush mm. and, and totally. the fight against no, terrorism. I was totally thinking about that because it's this total ends justifies the means. Mm-hmm. And and the whole uh, willing being willing um, electing to put yourself in the position mm. of protector and hero so that at the point that the people question you, you and you know what's right you're willing to sacrifice the hero mantle to still do the thing that's right, even if it vilifies you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was in <laughs> was in Chris Nolan's mind when he actually wrote this or yeah. directed. Well, it doesn't have to be Bush. There's a lot of leaders, and yeah, you know, it's just so topical, right? Like, yeah, it is. It's, Bush is constantly said. I think it's a perennial topic. Yeah, you know, but you know, the war against terror, right? The people have basically said at sixty some odd percent, bring the people home, bring our troops home from Iraq. Mm. And Bush constantly says, "It doesn't matter what the people say. Mm. I know what's right." Mm. Right. So he, I'm not supporting GWB yeah. in this at all, but it is an interesting parallel, at least. It's also like you don't know what I know, and right. I don't have to tell you what I know. Right. Um, but you were saying earlier about being able to. Uh, not only being able to, but having to withhold information mm-hmm. in order to do the right thing. Right. I mean, 
a G- George W. Bush thing. And mm-hmm. if I might like take it one step further with the whole surveillance thing that happens. Totally. I mean, that is yes. totally the whole FISA spying on the American exactly. people yes. thing. So Batman in the movie takes a, takes a little bit of um, technology that Lucius uh, Fox had sh- helped him with for a one-time application, which is using a cell phone to be able to send out a little sonar signal and image a room and feed it back to Batman's mask. So Batman, without Lucius Fox even knowing, <clears throat> turns every single cell phone in all of Gotham, 30 million cell phones, into these sonar things so he can actually spy on and see and image the whole city. Mm-hmm. And he uses it once, and Lucius even says, this is too much power for one person. Yes. I don't agree with this. And Batman says, well, that's why I gave the power to you. Mm-hmm. Almost as if he's saying, like, he knows he doesn't even trust himself. Yeah. Right? But still, it's it's totally the spying on the American people without their consent. Yes. It, yeah. He really just has his one rule. Yeah. And yeah. everything else is pretty much... He's dead. a vigilante. The yeah. laws don't apply to him. Right. He won't kill because that's yes. against his moral... Yeah, ethics aren't even... No. No. Lucius Fox calls it an unethical thing. Yep. And even that is... You know... Doesn't matter. Yeah. But Batman really is... Um, well, let's call him a hero, even if he doesn't call himself yeah. that. But he is a hero for our time. He's an unsung He's hero, a, right? Yeah, a complicated hero. One where, in a really imperfect world, um, the story is telling us, whether you agree with it or not, that heroes might have to do a lot of things that we would consider wrong, that we ourselves wouldn't be willing to do. Right. Um, but that we reap the benefits of that regardless. Yeah. So that's what I mean by a very complicated moral, because I don't know that I agree with it. And you know, the fact that in two and a half hours they were able to tell that story in a fairly compelling and and clear way Mm -hmm. in this movie, I I was actually telling my bosses uh, when I came on Monday morning this week when I came in, I said that I actually feel that The Dark Knight is one of the better movies of the year, regardless of being a superhero movie, which I know I love more than other movies anyway, but I just think that the amount of uh, subtle messaging and and morals and mm-hmm. that were built in, right. and not to mention the acting, yeah, which was very so, good. A lot so, of hardcore talent in there. Yeah, so we all you know know that Heath Ledger passed away after filming this, and I, I still in the the second time watching it, mm-hmm. never once was like thinking to myself, oh, I'm watching Heath Ledger play the Joker. Because I just watched the, the, the Jack Nicholson version, Yeah, you know, a couple, um, actually last weekend, mm. I was on cable. And you never for a second forget that you're watching Jack Nicholson yeah. play the Joker. No, not that that wasn't a good no. Joker, but I mean, this new character that they've created Amazing. is the Joker and just, I mean, it's one of the creepiest, yeah, scariest complex and yeah and what i liked was so the same night i was flipping between actually um jack jack nicholson and as the joker and batman the the first and and brokeback mountain and so there's heath ledger playing this this cowboy character who you know i grew up on a cattle ranch and around a bunch of cowboys and for me in that movie when i saw it he just again i wasn't watching heath ledger play a cowboy he Mm. was bringing this character Ennis to life in a way that like I was like wow that could be any guy any of these like cowboys that I watched as a kid what were you saying um just that I felt that the um 
character of Ennis was so intense and vibrant and a real character. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like... Could have been any of the guys. Whereas Jake Gyllenhaal, I was watching Jake Gyllenhaal try and play a cowboy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In, as the, the other character. I felt the same way in this movie. Like, I kind of saw Christian Bale nerd a couple times where he looked a lot like the guy he played in Psycho. Yeah, American right. Psycho. Yeah, American Psycho. Yes. And uh, which is something that's really great that he brings to Batman. Totally. But it's but it is him. It is him. And yeah. and you know, he still is a fantastic Batman mm-hmm. uh, or Bruce Wayne. But Heath Ledger was just I mean, he wasn't Heath Ledger in this. He was the Joker. Mm-hmm. He was this totally intense, crazy, chaotic mm-hmm. entity, this energy and the second time wowed me as much as the first, if not Definitely. more. Yeah, I noticed a lot more. We were talking about this outside the theater. Um, how they deliberately obfuscate the origins of Joker. He yeah. gives different backstories himself. Two during, or three times. Yeah, yeah, very interesting stuff. But the one thing that I noticed, uh, I don't know if you agreed with this, but I noticed that whenever he was confronted with the word freak or mm-hmm. crazy, he had a certain twitch, or... twitch reaction. You could see it in his face. It was the one chink in the character of the Joker that, like, lent itself to be a, being a possible backstory that we haven't heard more of yet. Yeah. And I wonder if they'll ever expand on that. It'll be really interesting. But he played that just perfectly, and I just really noticed it the second time around. Mm-hmm. All those little... That's the one thing that gives you... That's your one hook into, like, the man behind Joker. The character behind the Joker. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and, and I thought that... <clears throat> so, two, two scenes that really stood out for me, and, and they're not big at all but um so when batman's beating him up so he gets joker gets arrested Mm -hmm. which he planned which i mean we see at the end like he meant to get arrested and taken to jail so he could do this whole stuff Mm -hmm. anyway batman gets to interrogate him batman the first thing he does is to slam the joker's head into the table Mm -hmm. and the way his response was you never start with a head it just makes people all fuzzy (laughs) and and just like that that was his response right like brilliant yeah getting better immediately yeah and then the, the second one was when so he dresses up as a nurse to oh go see God. harvey dead so creepy with the creepy, big on and the little nurse outfit. but my favorite part was this one tiny little thing he did so he's walking out of the uh, gotham general detonator. with the detonator and he's blown up a bunch of stuff and as he hop as he's walking along the sidewalk he hops down from the curb mm-hmm. and it's just kind of this like as if he were an old woman like his hips are all stiff waddling yeah. and stiff legged and he hops down and and then it won't blow up, but it's that little hop mm-hmm. that just, he just blows my mind at how he does yeah. this stuff. It was so well done. Yeah, he brings this, he's just completely insane and somehow frail. Yeah. And this, at the same time that he's just so viciously violent, you, you just know that he's still vulnerable physically mm-hmm. and that his insanity protects him somehow. Yeah. yeah. He just, he doesn't win fights, you know, yeah. like... Well, he does, actually, at the very beginning. He does well, and at the very end, with the cop that he goes into beating him yes. up, he, he somehow yeah beats him. It's a, I guess it's a paradox there, but he, he plays that frailty really yeah. well. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish, I kind of wish that the first five minutes, the, the bank robbery scene, mm-hmm. hadn't been released six months ago or whenever it was. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. They, they released it, and it was the preview of some other movie. Mm. And so it was like five whole minutes, that, that whole oh, really? big robbery scene, wow. essentially, or most of it. And for me, since I watched, I had seen two movies that had it in it, or maybe I saw the same movie twice. <clears throat> I don't know, I guess I knew. But maybe for everyone else it was great, right? Like, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say, like, what... It, I mean, you didn't know the first time, right, that the Joker was one of the guys. No, I didn't. Yeah, so... It was pretty cool. It's a good I, reveal, I, but it's too bad that you saw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wonder... I question the marketing decision to release that months ago. Mm-hmm. So it was a trade-off. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll note is... Another thing is that in the first one, the one criticism, the big criticism I had of uh, Batman Returns was all the fight scenes were filmed at, like, point blank, mm-hmm. right? Like, so you could never tell who was throwing a fist or whose fist was connecting with whose. And the first one, Batman, what was it called again? Not Batman Returns, was it? Batman Begins, sorry. Batman Begins. Superman yeah. Returns. Batman Begins, <laughs> like, and, and it just all the fight scenes were so up close. And it was mm-hmm. probably a stylistic choice. Yeah. I just didn't like it because mm-hmm. I felt like... You could never tell who was actually beating up whom. Yeah. This one was different. Like, we pulled back, it's you better, got to yeah. see a lot of full-body action movement. It's not choreographed like a kung fu movie or anything no. like that. But yeah, you could tell You could tell what was going on. Totally. Yeah. It did seem very brutal. Totally. Uh, and, you know, I think you saw Batman get beat up a little bit, mm-hmm. which was cool. In the first scene, he gets bitten up bitten by a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, he beats up some dogs <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in, in the beginning and the end of the movie. He, he gets, I think he probably got stabbed by that knife. It's hard to tell yeah. the Joker kicks him with. Yeah. Um, you know, he gets shot, I'm guessing. Cause there's, one, there's one scene where he's suturing himself and yeah. he turns around and Alfred makes a comment about his mortality and we get a cut to a shot of all the scars all over his back. Yeah. He's just got so Dozens, many former... Yeah bruises, cuts, massive welts from from his life as Batman. And you know, I think that that's what makes Batman and, and Iron Man, in a way, uh, such compelling characters, is that inside those super awesome suits and, mm-hmm. and uh, all these gadgets, are these mortal men mm-hmm. who are just trying to do a really good thing. Yeah. And they're still Actually, now that you bring that up, there's one line that bothered me in Towards the beginning of the movie, where there's uh, the the fake Bat Batman yeah. wannabes, yeah, um, and he he basically rounds all of them up along with the criminals during yeah. this bust, and he just kind of treats them all as one to be he picked up by the police. Yeah. yeah, and one of them says, "What gives you the right? What makes you different mm-hmm. from me?" Um, and it's a nice one-liner that yeah. he says. It's funny. He says, "Well, uh, for one thing, I'm not wearing hockey pants." Hockey, hockey pads. Hockey pads. Oh, okay. And uh, it's true, you know, that's definitely one thing that's very different between... But it's not just the gadgets that makes him different from the other guys. The other guys are using guns. You yeah, know, they're... It's true. You know, it's... Well, he's... And it's a great one-liner, but I think it undermines one of the things that's really right. interesting about Tony Stark or about Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It does get at the, the question, though. I mean, what, what makes these guys so different from him, right? Like, they are also, they're inspired by him. They're still trying to fight crime. But I think the difference that really didn't he didn't say, but mm-hmm. is there for us to try and parse out, is that they had guns. They were willing to kill the bad guys they were trying to fight. Right. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like, he won't. He, mm-hmm. he didn't right. kill any of them. And so I think that that's the difference, right? Is that you've got all these vigilante copycat Batman, mm-hmm. Batman, and... They're actually taking it to the extreme, and he's he he is taking it to an extreme, but he right. not not killing. Yeah, so. and as he says, uh, this isn't what I had in mind when I wanted to inspire people. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, um, the the idea of uh, inspiring others mm-hmm. is um, 
One, there's a lot of parallels to the old Frank Miller comic books. Also, mm-hmm. it was also called The Dark Knight Returns and yeah. Batman Year One were the two major um, lines that he wrote back in the eighties. Um, fantastic books released back when superheroes were just you know men in tights flying around doing good. Uh, he brought a lot of complexity to superheroes, and a lot of that you see in this movie. One place where that parts from this movie though is that the inspiration. Or rather, that people are portrayed as fundamentally good or have that tendency in the film. And in the comic, I think you have a lot more doubt about that. Mm. Um, In the comics, there's a lot of scenes, um, man-on-the-street type interviews where people are saying terrible things about each other and Mm -hmm. about the Batman. Uh, And it's a way of Frank Miller, for him to do a lot of satire. It's very funny, but... um, you get a sense that people are not really worth saving to hmm. some degree. Hmm. Um, and this movie has a totally opposite right. theme with the, with the scene with the two ferry boats where right. they have this mutually assured destruction between them. The jokers put them on these ferries, each with a detonator with the other boats, explosive rigs in the bottom of the, right. the other boat. It's so an amazing it's a, scene. So it's a psychological experiment, right? Yeah. And the joker basically says to ferry boat one, you can blow up Ferry Boat 2, which is full of criminals. Right. And he says, Ferry Boat 2, full of criminals. You can blow up Ferry Boat 1, mm-hmm. full of um, ordinary citizens. Mm-hmm. They're probably each, you know, you're going to blow each other up. So the first one to do it, I'll let you, the, the one who blows the other one up s- stay alive. Yes. If neither of you do it, I'll blow you both up at midnight or whatever, right? Yeah. So they have about 20 minutes to do it. Right. And um, even, so the criminals are the first ones to act, right? It, it's right like a minute until the deadline. And this huge, big, black guy criminal gets up and he says, give me the detonator to the captain. The captain does. And, and I'll do what you should have done ten minutes ago. Right. And, and then he tosses the detonator out the window into the yeah. water. Mm-hmm. And even the, like, hard-ass business guy who's like, they're going to kill the... So they take a vote on the... On the, um, the this uh, is another s- interesting point. Yeah, citizen they, one. And they vote overwhelmingly, right? To, to blow up the other Blow boat. up the, other, the criminal boat. Yeah, after all, they're criminals. They've made their choices. Yeah, there's a lot of... A lot of the women and the, and the other guys were saying, uh, the citizens, like, they made their choice. They had their chance. They chose crime. They chose violence. Mm-hmm. Why should we have to suffer? And, and somebody even says, well, we're still here. I think the captain of the ordinary boat says, well, yeah. we're still here. They haven't chosen They haven't chosen to blow us up yet. Right. And it is interesting that it's the, the, the Arkham Asylum criminals. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're all Arkham, but right. the, the, the one of them who chooses to, to do the right thing. And, and mm-hmm. so, in a way, proving Batman's... Um, point that given the chance, people will do the right thing. Yeah. Well, see, here's here's another interesting subtlety to that. Um, Batman wins that battle with the Joker in that the Joker's social experiment that he conducts mm-hmm. fails. Like people have actually done the right thing. Yeah. Two groups of people who have no way of talking to each other have somehow, against all game theory odds, have mm-hmm. like decided to save each other. Yeah. And that's like a testament to human nature. However, it's individual acts of heroism on each of those boats right. that protects them. The, the criminals and the police who are on that boat too, they have all kind of tacitly agreed that it's the right thing to blow up the other boat. Mm-hmm. And the boat of citizens has voted to blow up the other boat as well. So as groups, as mobs, yep. they have both decided to do the wrong thing, but there are individual acts of heroism, which are then seen by the whole group as having been the right thing. Mm-hmm. Once they've done that, it's, it's almost it saves a, all of them. <clears throat> it's almost a commentary 
on or a it's a microcosm of of Gotham and Batman. I mean, that's what I was just gonna say, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so Batman's the one guy who takes the stand and does the right thing, mm-hmm. you know, in the last movie when everything else was going to shit. Yes. And uh, no one, everyone agreed that it was just hopeless. Right. Right. Everyone was basically pulling the trigger mm-hmm. saying Gotham's doomed. And Batman's the one that stands up and says no. Mm-hmm. And in the way it's like the, the business guy and the, and the, the convict guy who stand up and won't yeah. do it either. Mm-hmm. It's, it's cool. I think you're right. It does, um, undermine a little bit the darkness of the movie because it's like well there is still hope and people are good and they right. won't hurt each other if they're given the chance right. and it's saying Batman's right and Joker's wrong and but I like it more you know yeah. I, that obviously this is a very personal thing but if you can't have faith in at least some ultimate direction that we're all moving some something that's actually going to help us in even the darkest mm-hmm. Uh, the darkest situations, if there isn't something in our nature that's going to pull us out of that, even if we fuck things up generally, mm-hmm. if there's not something worth saving, then really, what's the point? Right. Now, why have a hero? Why tell the story? Why bother? At yeah. All? Well, and it plays really nicely, that whole boat scene, the ferry boat scene, with the, the Harvey Dent White Knight thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> he... He has inspired, or Batman has then has created a system or a, a city in which Harvey Dent can rise and inspire people to good, mm-hmm. right? And so the ferry boat is that example. Even the bad guys have been mm-hmm. have been affected by this, right? So it did play very nicely in with the Harvey Dent thing. I still just the one plot hole for me mm-hmm. is the fact that harvey dents like just because he would go crazy after having his face burned off yeah well and his fiance well and murdered. his fiance blown up right yeah that 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 anything he did after that mm-hmm. would undo everything he did before that i don't understand that that and i don't i think that was just either they really needed to explain it more they had right. two or three people say it right mm-hmm. um Batman yeah. said it commissioner gordon said it and maybe even the mayor said it i forget yeah. but or, or the Joker, or some Joker, maybe. But mm. why? Like, is that really how the law works? I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I mean, it, it makes a convenient plot point where Batman now has to be on the run, taking on yeah. all Harvey's it, it, it crimes. Was, it was the way in which they could do that nice little tie-in with the title. And, yeah. Not that I'm complaining yeah. so much. I mean, I, I think, don't think it's big enough for me to call it a plot hole. But it's yeah, it's know. a little squidgy. It's, it's, it's pretty close to Superman being able to overcome a island of kryptonite just because he wills it to be so, because he tries really hard. It's like, no. Now, Superman is powerless in, around kryptonite. Right. <laughs> Much the same way in this, like, it's like, no, the law wouldn't just free all of those people because after a traumatic event, Harvey didn't went crazy. Well, maybe they mean more psychologically for the city, you know. Yeah. The, the tide was right. turning not just because of the, the particular arrests and charges against criminals. It was that... Um, Citizens were standing up. Yeah. yeah. This, this idea that, like, the one, the one person willing to stand up can inspire mm-hmm. uh, changes throughout where everyone's making these little decisions, but they, they know that the symbols mean a lot. You know, at the beginning of the, the movie, we have... Uh, then Gordon, he's not Commissioner Gordon yet, he's a captain, right? Yeah. He's captain of the police force there, and he just shows the bat signal mm-hmm. in the sky, even when he knows Batman's not likely to show up, right. just because he knows it 
it just inspires, inspires right people thing, to yeah. do good things and criminals Puts to fear, not yeah, do the things they're going to do. And you see a couple deals fall <laughs> through and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, people are symbols. I, just a quick thing. I thought it was a nice tie-in, even if it was only a two-minute thing, to have the villain from last time, the Scarecrow, make mm-hmm. a quick appearance. And mm-hmm. I, I love it. So <laughs> he's trying to make a drug deal, right? He's still trying to pawn or hawk this crazy chemical that yeah. turns people, whatever, sends them into the ultimate realms. bad trip. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so it starts to go wrong, and, and then there's suddenly some Batman that appear, and he says, and they start shooting guns, and he's like, oh no, that's not him, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. And then... Then the Batmobile crashes through some concrete, and he's like, that's more like it. Right. And I just thought that was such a nice way of, you know, setting up this whole uh, wannabe sort of yeah. copycat thing. Totally. Just having this crazy uh, scarecrow recognizing it for us and calling it out for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think it's too bad I, that, um, what's his name? I can't, Killian Murphy yeah, it's, it wasn't. In it more. I loved him last time, and maybe he just had too much for a last time. But scarecrow, yeah. He's a great scarecrow. He's a great actor. I mean, I, I anyway, I thought it was at least cool that he got a little five minute, yeah, reprisal. Definitely. Uh, what else? I'm trying to think. I don't know. We've hit the major themes that I saw. Yeah. I just gotta say there were so many plot lines in there. There was the uh, you know the consultant who like almost discovers. Oh it. right, and it's almost like, It's like a whole another thing that gets tied into the hospitals blowing up. It's just like so much is going on. It's like yeah. two and a half hours of stuff. Yeah, and it, it all ties together so nicely. It does, yeah. And that was the beauty of it. And mm-hmm. I really wonder how they're going to come up with another villain. So you we talked a little bit about how um it seemed like because they didn't kill the Joker off, mm-hmm. whereas they did kill Ross Al Ghul off, mm-hmm. and the Scarecrow was pretty much incapacitated, mm-hmm. although he was back. Um, that those guys weren't going to come back, right? Mm-hmm. Or the, uh, Two Face, or Two Face. Two Face dies, yeah. so he's not coming back. Right. Um, so the Joker's really still there, and and that the whole storyline set up as the Joker needs. Batman and the Batman needs Joker, so it almost makes sense that he could come back or should come back in the next yeah. movie, even if not the key, the main yeah. character. But man, those are some big shoes to fill. For whoever That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I can't imagine another actor really seriously taking that on and right. doing better. Yeah. Um, so we were chatting maybe on IM, were we, this week? I forget I about who else it could be. That was me. Oh, okay, I was chatting with someone. Danger Mark co-hosted with Lena and I one time, or maybe twice, uh, anyway, he and I were IMing right after he saw it, and uh, we were like, we were just talking about who's next. I mean, who is there possibly that could mm-hmm. be next? And there aren't a whole lot. There's a whole bunch of minor villains, mm-hmm. um, so, and, and really the only two or three big ones left, right, are Penguin, Riddler, mm-hmm. and Catwoman, all of which have been done. Mm-hmm. In yeah. the previous movies, right? Let's not talk of those. I know. <laughs> but but Two-Face had been done as well, just in a different way. So, I mean, I, I suppose they could redo the Riddler, yeah. or they could redo Catwoman, although the, the difficulty with Catwoman, right, is it requires some suspension of belief in the supernatural. Disbelief. Yes. Suspension of disbelief, right? Like, in the supernatural. Yeah. Because she somehow gets infused with nine lives or something or other, whatever. 
And they ha- they made the movie Catwoman, which sucked. Yes. Oh, the movie can have Halle Berry play oh uh, my Catwoman. God. <laughs> that wasn't even tied to the storyline of a comic. But it's so, just Wonder and Leather. And you had Jim Carrey as the Riddler, right? Mm-hmm. Who was just a silly, goofy Riddler. So I actually think they could take the Riddler and twist it really in a really dark way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, kind of in the same way that they took Harvey Dent's like coin flipping thing and mm-hmm. twisted it in a dark way. Yeah. Could totally. see them doing that with a Riddler. I don't see the Penguin being able to do that as well, and I don't see Catwoman. Yeah. But that's just me. Then you got Clayface and a whole bunch of other yeah. ones. Well, happen. you know what will definitely not happen, but was an incredibly cool part of the Frank Miller comic comics is uh, he invented a whole new type of villain that Batman has to fight at the. Was it the end of his career? The mutants, the mutant league, right? Yeah, they're just like it. it Actually, uh, the 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 Joker that was in this movie kind of reprises that theme a little bit. Mm. This is like a totally new class of criminal that's just about destruction, um, and Mm. they pull he pulls that idea from the mutants from the Dark Knight Returns. Mm -hmm. Um, But the end of that comic, sorry, I'm changing topics a little bit. The end of that comic, uh, Batman fights Superman, which obviously they're not going to. Do in the next right. Batman movie, but it's pretty cool. So, Danger Mark and I actually were talking about on IM about how this could be <clears throat> set up perfectly. So we know the Superman franchise is in trouble. Right, like they're trying to ring in different people to write different scripts for it because it mm-hmm. it, it, it pretty much failed last time. Right, like I liked it. I think some people liked it, but it didn't. It wasn't a success. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of sucks because it probably means Brandon Ruth is out too, which I thought he was a pretty good choice for that character uh that uh, but what i think could be really nicely done right mm-hmm. is um so we've got batman is suddenly the the villain to mm-hmm. all the people and to anyone except gordon yeah everyone thinks batman's a bad guy now yeah so but he's unstoppable right yeah whether he's the unstoppable force or the immovable object like he's right. he's pretty you know the, yeah. it's hard to say which one he is but he He's a bad guy. And so I could see... I'm not, they're not going to do this, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. I could see bringing in the Superman character right. to come in and clean up Gotham and actually try and stop the Batman. Right. And of course, Batman having to use all of his technologies to figure out how to defeat how to defeat. Yeah, Superman. well, I'll, I'll tell you, though, why I think they'll never do this. And the reason is because the darkness that Frank Miller brought to the Batman mm-hmm. enriches Batman... But in the comic, the way he told the story of Superman versus Batman, it totally destroys the Superman character. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you why. In the, in the Dark Knight Returns, Superman is this yes-man to mm-hmm. the, the American president. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in the comic, it's, it's very much political satire. Reagan is in his like 12th term as president. <laughs> He's like in a wheelchair. They're fighting the Russians. And you, there are scenes of you know, Superman going around you know, beating up Russian soldiers and wow. blowing up their air, anti-aircraft weapons and, and their uh, aircraft carrier, carriers and that hmm. kind of thing. And Superman really is just a pawn of the government. He's They've taken the thing, this this um, all-American, uh, homegrown hero who's, like, from our heartland, and they've... And Miller turned him into, you know, the worst thing that we can... That, the worst connotations of the word patriot yeah. that you can think of. And that's what they pit against Batman. Hmm. And Batman, uh, this darker character, is in the right mm-hmm. in this very interesting way, in this very cynical political view of the world, yeah. which may or may not be true. But that's that's how they put 
Batman and Superman against each other. And that's why you can feel good for Batman when he actually defeats Superman in, mm-hmm. in a battle. Um, I can't imagine them doing that. Destroying Superman's... Yeah. yeah. Especially well, you know, not like, with those politics. Before the Batman Begins franchise started, um, and before the Superman Returns franchise started, there was years ago, after Batman 4, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> there was some talk, and there might have even been a script of Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. as a way to merge the two franchises because both of them had failed at that point, right? So right. you had Batman 4, which was a flop. Superman 3 and 4 were flops. So what if we merged them? And, uh, it never came to be and and probably never even made it past <laughs> some studio exec studio exec strike through pen. But, um, but yeah, I could see how it would be tough to take the, the hope that is the underlying and the goodness the trust and the hope of Superman mm. and merge it with, you know, and it's all light colors and light, happy feeling and right. to merge it with the darkness yeah. of even the hero, right? The dark right. hero, the dark knight and merge those two things. Would be yeah. Really they're very different worlds. Yeah. Know, super Superman is in a world of, um, it's a much brighter world. He can, he can save the world, right? You know, well, and he's, Superman he's operates almost always during the day as well, right? Like Metro- yeah. he's <laughs> Superman yeah. is always ducking out of his job as Clark Kent to go save the world during the day. Yeah. Gotham, uh, Bruce Wayne, almost only ever does anything at night. Yeah. So they do, it's interesting how they do it in the comic. The day, the daylight scenes are all Superman and Bruce Wayne. Hmm. Now, obviously, Superman knows. Does it? Oh, right. There's like no question. He's like. He makes several trips out to Gotham to try to talk Bruce Wayne down. You know, they're, they're old friends, and they're trying to like work through their differences mm-hmm. in conversation before the final battle actually happens. Interesting. Uh, when they fight, it's at night. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I think you're right. It won't happen. But it's then just a really good question of who's next, and yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I'd love. Well, I mean, the Joker storyline is great. They need to continue with that. It's just who can play him is yeah. the problem. Intense casting decisions, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, I could see them bringing back some of those other characters. I just, it would have to be carefully done. And, and it's funny, I actually um, wrote about this on, on my blog, which was um, Christian Bale was asked if he would, what he, how he would feel about having a, a Robin do his Batman. And he said something that was, you know, some people called it homophobic, but it was basically like, I don't want to, you know gay sidekick. And he didn't mm-hmm. use the word gay, but it was definitely a derogatory sort of spin on the whole, like, yeah. sidekick thing. And, and, you know, the way they did it in the Batman 3 and... Or, yeah, Batman 3 and 4 was pretty bad. Yeah. So... Who is that actor again? Chris O'Donnell. That's right. Who I love to death. I think he's cute, and I think... But it was poorly done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And Alicia Silverstone is Batgirl, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I don't think he'll have... So it's quite... I mean, it's, it's a big question. Like, So he's probably not going to have a sidekick. Joker is unlikely to come back unless they just find the most amazing actor. Yeah. And well, with Robin, now that I'm thinking about it, the one part of that storyline which is really dark is how it's... the girl, right? No, it's, it's how it, it really scars Batman when that first Robin dies. Yeah. Was right. it Dick Grayson or the other one? I, I forget remember. which one dies. In but the... uh, that's... If they, if they could have Jason one thing... The second Robin. Second Robin does. Okay. But but then doesn't he take on a girl who, like... Yeah, Alfred advises her against it, yeah. and she dies after a very short period of time. Oh, I, I don't know. That's Maybe not. 
I'm not, by the way, a huge Batman comic book reader. I just happen to have read the Frank Miller stuff. Yeah, I'm just looking Logan at Logan is now looking at the Wikipedia page to get all so, the details from the interwebs. A synthesized kryptonite tip to be fired by Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Wow, I think I need to go read this. He didn't actually hit Superman with it, though. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, I need to go read this. I, I was not, I'll admit, I was not a Batman fan in the 80s. Um, probably had I read this, I would have been. But I was much more a Superman and Green Lantern fan. A synthesized kryptonite tip. I didn't even catch that from the plot from the comic book. He just he just vaguely alludes to it as his oh. surprise. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. Batman really was playing for keeps in that final battle. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I, of course, would love to see an actually well-done... Um, Justice League movie, but that won't happen. Mm-hmm. The one that they were trying to push through during the writer's strike was terrible. I mean, they started casting for it, and it was like a bunch of nobodies, and they were all like mm. D-list actors to begin with. And yeah, if they're gonna. Uh, the one thing I'd love to see, actually, the, the next franchise from DC, because I do think DC has some okay characters to bring forward. Like, but thing we're seeing is the ones that do really well are the dark ones. And Marvel, all of Marvel stuff is pretty dark, right? Yeah. You got Spider-Man, but you can turn that dark if you X-Men. need to. X-Men is dark. Um, Fantastic Four isn't, and yet that was one of the biggest movies that the Fantastic, first Fantastic yeah, Four was. I like it that much. No, me either. <laughs> it's cute, it's campy, but it's yeah. not as good as, say, like the X-Men movies. Daredevil is Marvel. Marvel, and yeah. they just chose Daredevil. a really horrible actor. Um, but yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> the Punisher number two is coming out. Is that Marvel? It's terrible Marvel. Ghost Rider. <clears throat> Ghost Rider. I never even watched oh, that. Oh man. Um, what I what I would love to see is Wonder Woman. Hmm. I think we haven't. You know, the one that we had that was a female lead was Elektra, and that was really it was Jennifer Garner, and it was terrible. Hmm. I, I actually think that they could do a cool Wonder Woman. And Joss Whedon had written an amazing Wonder Woman script, an origin story. Mm. And it totally got scrapped, which sucks because I think it would have been cool. Yeah, it'd be really, it'd be really cool to have, you know, a really strong female hero. Yeah, well, Wonder Woman is just like kick ass, right? And um, right, and you know, I think that it'd just be cool to see it come from DC. I think that DC doesn't have a whole lot that you can work with, unfortunately, <laughs> because they have their team, the big team, and everyone. If you do the big team movies and. If they're going to do a big team movie, it's going to suck. So I really don't want that to happen. But yeah, I guess we'll have to wait three more years for the next Batman or so. Yeah, we'll see what comes out of that. Anything else? No. Cool. It. Well, go, go see this movie. It's great. And, and go see it in IMAX if you have the chance. I mean, I, I, I'm glad I did as a second time. And mm-hmm. It is a really cool thing. Yeah, you have the extra seven bucks to pay or whatever. Oh my God, it was expensive. <laughs> but yeah, go see it and uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out.